Welcome to Life's a Story, where real life meets the mic. I'm your host, Greg, and I'm joined by some amazing individuals for some candid conversations about the moments in life that shape us. This is Andy. Whether it's navigating relationships, sharing personal triumphs, or dissecting the latest news, we're here to explore it all. Get ready for genuine, thought-provoking discussions. Hey, it's Stephanie. We believe every story deserves a spotlight, and we're not holding anything back. So grab your favorite drink, settle in, and join us as we peel back the layers of real-life experiences, one conversation at a time. Hi, everyone. I'm Dina. Let's dive into authentic, unfiltered stories that make life interesting. I'm excited about what we have in store for you today, so let's go ahead and kick things off and get started. Well, welcome to Life's a Story, where real life meets the mic. I'm your host, you Greg. Good at that. <laughs> yeah, she does do good, good at that. I'm your host, Greg, and my wife, Dina, Andy, and Stephanie. So y'all say hello. Hey, hello, everybody. And uh, we are uh, glad to be back. And this is our fourth episode uh, here on our podcast. And we are excited about tonight's episode, or today, or this morning, whenever you're listening to it. But uh, we want to kind of share a little bit. Um, about anxiety, and I know that thirty-four uh, percent of of our nation, thirty percent of the population, suffers with anxiety. And uh, uh, Andy uh, is going to share some of his uh, just experiences, and uh, I hope it'll be an encouragement to those that are dealing with it. And so I don't know, Andy, if you want to maybe just share a little bit, um, or we can just kind of, kind of, just kind of talk a little bit into it. Yeah. Yeah. Or when you had your first anxious moment that, you know, you realized something wasn't. Yeah. Actually, my first time really remembering was, it's going to sound weird, but in third grade, (laughs) it's kind of gross. So we were in rows in school and the girl in front of me got sick and then um the girl to the left of me got sick <laughs> and then the guy the kid next to me to my right got sick and i guess i developed anxiety <laughs> with throw up <laughs> because i didn't know what to do but um no yeah like that's really as a third grader that's the first time i can remember feeling anxious Really? In a situation where I couldn't get out of. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. So it, did you have like the classic, I guess a lot of people now would say they can tell when they're anxious because it feels like their blood pressure is going up or they have like chest pain or like in third grade or do you remember? Like I, what did you experience at I that do. point? Uh, all I wanted to do was run. Like mm-hmm. I was trying to, because like I said, you're surrounded by this not great situation and all I could think was like, how do I get out of this? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then really I kind of, I guess that's when really everything kind of came into focus with me. Like even my childhood, my life is like from there on, like everything at home really kind of just started to stick to me. And I'm not, I don't know how to go in with my childhood, but like um, a lot of, anxious moments of can I behave right or am I doing things right and so I really which let, brought it brought a little bit of a fear 
yes. within you to try to meet a standard or a criteria, I suppose. Yeah. And, and you were always in that like fight or flight mode, probably like the same way that you were with all the puke in third grade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Well, on, but on a much larger scale. Right. And I just from what you even said, what happened in third grade, it sounds like that anxiety was coming from not having control. Like you didn't have control of the situation. So that's what really gave you that anxious feeling. Yeah, it really was. And then, which I guess like I think back to it and like even at home where um, I was put into a lot of anxious moments mm-hmm. and I would find myself, where can I hide? Where can I run to? Or what event can I go to to get away? And a lot of times just for my home sake, like I would didn't want to disappoint um, my mom or my dad in certain certain situations. So um, I would find myself hiding in a closet or we had bunk beds and you pull out the drawers and I'd go in there and hide. Mm -hmm. And wherever I could go to escape from (laughs) my childhood Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. So it really led into my whole adult life, like until this year where I, I think I could help some or mm-hmm. some of the listeners or I could really maybe, and I'm no doctor, so don't, <laughs> don't quote <laughs> me on that. not medical advice. We, yeah. We cannot write you a prescription either. No. So as a, as a teenager, yes. how, how did you handle that anxiety? Um, you know, some might handle it by rebellion mm-hmm. you know how how did you feel like let me let me let me say this though um when we talk about anxieties we're talking about worry we're talking about fear and and anxiety is m- m- like a combination of those and it is natural everybody has anxieties everybody does it is a, a god-given emotion for us to experience um, anxieties make us aware of our surroundings. Um, but when you have, as we're talking about, a, a abnormal level of worry or level of fear, that's when we use that terminology, anxieties, or even panic attacks, mm-hmm. which stem from the anxiety. Oh, yeah. And, it, um, and as you were saying that, you just wanted to kind of run or get away from or escape whatever the surrounding was at, at, at certain times. And that's part of that. Yeah, I can. Re- like I said, my childhood is quite different, <laughs> but I can remember I started I wanted the light on and I wanted to know where I could escape, where I could hide or uh, I would leave my I slept on top of a bunk. So I and we lived it was probably like an eight foot drop, but I'd leave my window purposely open, not knowing what I was going to be running from. And I can, um, like you brought in the high school, like I probably slept with my light on until eighth grade. <laughs> what sounds crazy to think. Not a whole light, but the main light. No, my closet light. Oh, your closet light. Yeah. Okay. And I would creep it closed. So at least it was on, but I had an eye by that. I had my own, I should say, I had my own door to, to escape outside to once we moved. Mm-hmm. And this is after, I think we moved in fifth grade. So for two years, I had my window open 
or I should say unlocked. And then when we moved, my bedroom had its own door to the outside. So I always wanted to know. It was weird. I was never afraid of anyone coming in through that door mm-hmm. from the outside. I was always worried it was coming through the interior door. Okay. So so let me ask you this. So you have two brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, do they experience any of this? Do they have a, a portion of this in their own personal life as well? Yes. Yeah. And um, each one copes with it in a different way. And I have a sister, and she copes with it in a different way. Okay, so every everybody in your family then yes. kind of has an element of that. Yes. Are and they are y'all on different levels then? Um, I think really it comes down to coping mechanisms, and um, I would say I my anxiety would come out. I really I think one of the important things is like you manifest it is what I think. When I thought real hard before this episode, like, um, I would manifest a family member's attitude coming in. I would manifest, like, going even back to third grade when it started, like, someone else is going to get sick beside me, so I don't want to be here. Or um, one of my coping mechanisms I can remember was, you know how on worksheets at school or maybe papers to this day where you can fill in, like, in between the A or the, the B... Or the D, um, I'm <laughs> through the alphabet. Anything you could fill in, I would fill it in. Really? Yeah. Or I can remember I'd write just numbers, just numbers, and somehow like I was able to memorize numbers then, or come up quick with a math problem or a birthday. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I developed some reason that's what helped me. Really to cope to cope with that. Yeah. Whatever like you said though too. Really quickly, like we're, I feel like that there's been a lot of times, even since I've known you, since we've kind of talked about some of these things now, on like you said, where you would almost like manifest additional anxiety at some point in time to where like there were things that, not to say like things you didn't need to worry about, but situations that you knew might be tense or situations that you knew were going to make you feel uncomfortable. Um, like, you would almost add additional anxiety to those because you would just worry. So, like, to the rest of us, probably unnecessarily. Like, yes. Like, you always just want to sit there and say, like, why are you so worried about right. that? But right. to yeah. him, it's but very to be real. sensitive. Yeah, it's a it, it's it's a mind it's a thought process really. To where? Oh, yeah. oh there we go. We got a phone call there. <laughs> but it is a thought process that almost triggers perceived danger beyond the norm. Yes. And like, um, I can, I'm trying to go back to what Stephanie said. Yeah. Honestly, like I didn't, I just had no idea how to control it. And sadly, like, and I don't feel like I'm the only one, but going back to my teenage years to, I was so worried about going home. I was, worried about going to school. I was worried about a baseball game or a basketball game. So to help me, I became more outgoing, which I also didn't care if it was a negative attention or positive attention. It became, I became like an impulse liar too because I felt like I had to find ways to be happy or 
people to like me or again going back to my childhood i i don't know how to explain it i'm sure like you can get the gist of it by how i don't want to talk about it i guess but like i didn't know how to make people happy so i figure out ways to make people happy Mm -hmm. at no cost or with all cost like i didn't care so so from third third grade when you experienced your first almost attack of panic i don't know what to do i don't know how to escape from this everybody around me is throwing up all over (laughs) you know honestly i think we'd probably all feel that same way but so from that point what developed i mean can you can you say like all right i could see a process that developed in me um that was very noticeable that like seemingly every time I turned around, I was feeling very anxious. I was, you know, in that state of fear or don't know what to do or how to escape. Um, third, I just know third grade was the first time I was aware of my surroundings. So home life, I knew, I just knew it one way. And all of a sudden I realized like, I don't like that. And then I realized I don't like kids throwing up around me. Mm-hmm. So then I, I had no escape. Um, I really think back, like, I thought I enjoyed baseball or I thought I enjoyed basketball or bowling. I was big into bowling then, but I put so much pressure on me because I wanted to do good for others that I almost created, like, this false pretense around me of, and it just filled with anxiety because I didn't know who I was trying to impress, who I was trying to make happy. Or who I was letting down. When I think that's part of anxiety in general, if you ask a lot of people, if they really dug deep into it, is like you said, you had um, an interest in basketball and baseball and you love to play them, but then it became not about you anymore at some point in time. So those things that you enjoyed doing were anxiety-inducing because of like, your surroundings and because of your life at home and because of the relationships that you had with, you know, family members and stuff that it wasn't enjoyable anymore at that point in time. It was like everything else. There was so much pressure put on you to where like, you had to reach a certain. Yeah. It wasn't like, like, Oh, this is a fun or, baseball game. Right. It was what it, every mistake that you made every, mm-hmm. you know, every time that you threw that ball and it didn't get to the first baseman, every time that you didn't, you know, get that grounder that came out, everything was a punishment. Mm -hmm. So it was like a, you know, everything probably that you loved at some point in time turned into an anxious moment. And that's, I know you had said like, had kind of developed a way to convince people of who you were or ways to make people happy just as a way to cope because then you weren't disappointing everybody. Right. Technically. I mean. Yeah. Like, I just know, like, like I said, I, I think I just had a, became conscious in third grade, <laughs> a conscious mind. <laughs> but, um, but then there was con- never anybody, never anybody probably for you to go to at that point in time either to say, like, I think about our kids when they come to us about things that they're worried about or, you know, they want to leave the light on. We're going to remind them, like, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're safe here at home. There's nothing to worry about. Whereas, I mean, I wouldn't say from 
just all of the things that I've heard, like that was never something that you had. Right. Yeah. Like it. Were you well, that was that would be more of of a fear that had developed to where you had or you felt that you had to meet the standard or the expectations, which in turn, everything that you were involved in became, like Stephanie said, very pressured to 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 meet that expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when that, because like anxieties and fears, are they're, they're like, you know, they, they couple together. Right. And my anxiety is, was fear. It, right. It like, was birthed out of, out of a fear in a sense. Okay. You know, all, all my classmates around me are, you know, showing me their lunch or their breakfast right now. And I, not, that makes me afraid and I can't get out of this. And then that, that particular fear was transitioned then to now I can't meet a goal or meet an expectation. It's still a same, it's still that fear. Oh yeah. yeah. But it just transitioned as you developed that fear developed with you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like again, it was just I can remember not having any enjoyment because I would look for who would I disappoint or what is going to be my consequence for <laughs> in a baseball game going over three or right. I overthrew first base, like instead of enjoying the moment or the game and getting back into the game, I it was shot because I just put too much pressure. And I can remember this from when I wasn't playing J ball here. It's like at that time you had a pitching machine, throw you the ball. Now I think coaches throw the ball to the kid. Okay. So, um, I can just remember as a nine, 10 year old, like already that moment was ruined. Like that game was ruined because of what I did. Or I found myself looking for satisfaction like that. Do good. Do I do good? Mm-hmm. And I would ask it too many times to where it was annoying. And then I was right back to like, Oh, well that didn't help. Like a scorecard. Like a, <laughs> like a scorecard. We're going to talk about the scorecards in some other episode. Um, and so that w- that that'll give you a little, little hint that little things insight. are coming. You should out. listen yeah. to that one. That'll be a good <laughs> <laughs> so Stephanie mentioned um, that you didn't have a parent. Like she was talking about, like if her if your girls are anxious or scared about something, they have parents that um, told them it's going to be okay. Mom and dad are here. There's nothing to be af- afraid of. So as parents, um, what are some things that you could maybe encourage another parent about as far as kids' anxiety, um, just in general, or um, being anxious about going to school or anxious about, you know, competing in sports? But So what, what are some things a parent of young kids, maybe how be aware of anxiety with children. Yeah. If we break it down into categories and stick to like kids right now. Um, and I am still learning like just at the beginning of this process of like knowing, but honestly, I feel like it comes down to your manifesting or you're creating a problem that's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, like at 
I guess you even think just like a monster in the closet. There's no monster in the closet, but you've manifested or you believe there's something in that you've closet. You've thought about it or over like, and over and yeah. over. Even if, and I feel like people do this just in general, if you wouldn't say that you have anxiety, but I mean, I feel like everyone has watched a scary movie at some point in their life. And then, you know, you turn off the movie, you're going to bed, you're walking down the hallway or up the stairs from oh, the yeah. basement, and yeah. you're like, there's something behind me. I know there's something back there. <laughs> yeah, you get the, you yeah. get the cold chills. Yeah, and, and you get that, like, goosebumps feeling. Goosebumps yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I just feel like encouragement. Just keep encouraging them. It's okay. There's nothing there. Or make sure you're there for them. And I feel like that will just start, at a younger age, go a long way. And even if you got to open up the closet door or <laughs> look under the bed or... Right. Um, Tell them if they get a bad grade, tell them it's okay. Right. Like, it's fine. We'll work on it. And you, instead of dealing it with a negative, treat it as a positive. Right. And instead like, of saying, now you know there's nothing in that closet. I don't know what you're afraid of, you know? Right. Yeah. Like making their it. fear seem, for, you know, for, for them, it is it's real. inadequate. Right. Yeah. And then, like, if you play a sport, I mean, to this day, professional athletes still have a bad game or a turnover or an error, um, a bad putt. I like the golf, <laughs> a bad drive, <laughs> but you call it recovery. You mm-hmm. recover for a better shot. Think it through what's right. Right. Or that was a bad pass. What can I do to fix that? Or error. Let's work on my throwing motion. Look at your target and aim for your target and practice. Like, as a parent, like we have a, an eight and a soon to be nine year old, and five and soon to be nine. <laughs> yeah, what I say, eight, soon, eight, to eight. soon to be nine. That's yeah. all right. Yeah, we have, That's close. I was thinking we have she's a couple eight. kids. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's going on nine. <laughs> but um, and I'm just learning now because our oldest suffers, I believe, from some sort of anxiety. And again, I'm not a doctor, but so I don't know if it's hereditary or um, where it comes from. Uh, but because I feel like we're pretty always been encouraging and always been there for her. But I also think it comes down to your surroundings, too. And that's what has been a big vocal point. Like, make sure, like, home life, uh, you don't need to argue in front of your kids. If you're going to argue, um, it's easy to want to at that point. And just wait if you can or go to another room or whatever you need to do, don't, because then they're seeing like things they're not they shouldn't, or you know like that they don't anger. have control yeah. over. Yeah, they can't. So it becomes something. It, it's a fear. It creates their more own, anxiety in their, in their mind. Yeah, yeah. and uh-huh. then they'll start questioning like, what's going on, or right, why is mommy and daddy doing this, or you know like, so I feel like encouragement, keeping some stuff hidden in a way, mm-hmm. um, would really go a long way. So you um, you have been dealing with this. For a number of years. Yes. So in third grade, how old are you in third grade? What, eight, like nine? Eight or nine. Nine. I, I was 14. What, what happened there? <laughs> well. Um, <laughs> kindergarten was my favorite two years. Yeah. So um, you've been dealing with it for 30-some years. Yeah. Thir- oh, well, 30, 30 years. 30, 31 years, yeah. And uh, so through that, and, and I know it, you know, you're talking a lot about your recreation and how it's, you know, really played a, a role in that um, and uh, you know certainly the environment 
is a major, major contributor to anxieties. Yeah. But, um, but it also... Um, and do it, you want me to work through, like, or do you want me to talk about... I know we just talked childhood. Do you want me to talk about, like... Well, so like teenage twenties. Uh, yeah, or? so like when you know you did not drive because I've known you for ten years, right? And ever since that, you you didn't have a license, and that was a fear. Yes, um, that you dealt with, and and um, you had just got your license here this past four months, six months, yeah, four October, mm-hmm. right? Four four months, yeah, yep. So and that and that is a I mean that's a powerful. Um, step as well. Yeah, and I, I can get back. I can get into that later. Like, I think it's important to. I'm not saying we have a bunch of teenagers listening to this or something, but, uh, and this is going to sound weird, but like, I think back to it. Um, I'll start with music. Yeah, like, I liked the heavy metal. I liked the rap. I liked the emos. The kids call it. And I think back to it, like, almost that puts you in a bad mindset. And I'm not saying it's bad music, because I liked it. But I'm just saying, like, if you truly listen to the lyrics, and I find myself now listening to music I never thought I would, and I listen to the quotes, mm-hmm. or the lyrics, I should say. Mm-hmm. But and I, instead of, like, what they would say in those great songs, what I thought, or... I know they are to people. Mm-hmm. I listen now more to lyrics than just um, <laughs> manifesting like what these songs are saying. Right. And then you're just do you stuck. Feel, do you feel like those songs almost made you feel like it was solidifying your anxiety? Yeah. Like it's okay to be anxious. Yeah. We're all anxious. Just live it. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people get stuck in that music. Mm-hmm. And then... I feel like, oh, it's fine to be this way. And I carried that, not just because of music, but I carried that by becoming lazy. I was like, as long as I don't do this part of my childhood, it means I'm a good person. Or if, hey, as long as I stopped like this, I'm okay. Or if it got me into an anxious moment, like, you know, I'm just going to stop and not do that. Or... um. I found myself, like I said, did, and I'm, did you use it then more as I'm going to say as a crutch, but to where you're not going to pursue that because it makes me feel anxious. Yeah, or, it goes or back, even perceive that it might make me feel anxious. It, so I'm not going to do that. It goes back to who am I going to disappoint? And it was never me. I didn't care because I was already disappointed. I wasn't going to do it. I already knew I wasn't going to do it. And that's where it came came to be in again I feel like I've really overcome a lot and I'm excited for that part to talk about sure <laughs> but you got to talk about how to get there right um, I found myself wanting to be friends with everybody so I became somebody who I wasn't and I didn't care what I said to fit in um, and I feel like a lot of people and, the, and a lot of that has to do with some of your childhood as well. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I just wanted to be accepted. And I so, and so, like, and, and to to make a statement that anxieties don't just stem from a, a childhood that is not of normality. Right. Anxieties can can stem from anything, um, 
to where, all right, since I'm not from this type of an environment, then I, I shouldn't have anxieties. That's not always the case. No, I would agree. Yeah. And I, again, <laughs> no doctor here, but I'm just going through, hopefully a listener can relate to me. And as we talk about this, come to the same conclusion, it can help them. Right. And, but, so I guess like in my 20s, I didn't care how much I drank. As long as people liked being around me, I didn't care how loud I was. Um, and yet only, I was just wanting, I know, look back and out now, negative attention. Mm-hmm. And I didn't care, even though I was like, oh man, everyone loves me. And I can remember getting paid on Fridays and I'd spend three, $400 on liquor, bring it to the house just so people could come over and literally use me to drink it. But I knew really? like, oh, they're going to like me. Right. Um, I didn't care about destruction. I didn't care who was at my house. And it wasn't even my house. It was my parents' house. Hmm. Um, I became disrespectful in things. So is, is, that, is that more from anxieties or is that more yes. from accept, for acceptance? Uh, to me, my story, like, it all loops together. Okay. Because um, I, didn't, I knew I didn't want to be alone, but I also guess wasn't raised how to have friends or even if they accepted me, I wanted more because of what I was lacking. Right. Um, at home or, or what you felt like you were lacking. Yeah, that's perfect. You were never your own true self, right? But You never knew how to be. You were never taught how to be. No, I wasn't. You couldn't be accepted for who you were. Yeah. Because so everywhere you went, you became this you became the character of sorts, a chameleon in the sense where you became whatever that environment was to be accepted into yeah. that environment. Yeah. Yes, and and I didn't. I honestly, like as we continue, I didn't know what that meant until this year. Yep, literally. <laughs> well, we're going to continue to talk with uh, Andy um, about anxieties, and this is something that many many struggle with, deal with. And uh, there is uh, opportunities to overcome or how to cope with it so it doesn't run your life. And that's that's uh, really what we want to do is try to help you understand from firsthand as Andy's going to continue. So join us our next episode. We're going to continue these uh, over the next uh, couple episodes most likely uh, concerning anxieties. And I hope that it'll be a help to you. And this is what our podcast is about, encouraging, entertaining, and challenging. And so... Life is a story. And uh, with me is my wife, Dina, and it's Stephanie. So you all say goodbye. Bye. See you later. See ya. And uh, you come back and listen to us on our next episode where everyone has a story to tell.